Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a blessed day and had an awesome weekend. Hagman Report went awesome on Friday, and you guys have me for the whole show today. Ted is out of town, so I got a whole just trove of articles and different stuff that's going on right now, including I'm going to go into the details of how the radio started as a mind control tool and how the television was basically then brought in and what it has evolved into now. So it's going to be a great show for today, and I wanted to address one more thing I talked about on the Hagman Show on Friday. We are starting to have significant issues with getting high amounts of material in as far as with transit. The meat buckets that we have been basically getting in on a weekly basis now, we have now gotten backed up on a three-week delay. We had a bunch of them in stock. Everybody started to order them, which was fine. We had a whole host of them on route. The last batch that we ordered came from Utah, and they have now been three weeks delayed. They were sitting in a rail car last week that, for some odd reason, nobody would unload. I tried to physically go up there and unload it myself up in Jacksonville. I tried to get clearance to go up there. They would not give it to me. Now it is now landed in Orlando. They have unloaded them. So we will be going there after the show to physically go pick this stuff up. Even though we pay for shipping, I have to go actually physically load up pallets of food buckets because the companies have become so incompetent and are so short-staffed, they can't handle what's going on. And I've, I've given, given everybody a heads up on this. So, again, I apologize for the delays. Everybody will be getting their orders and their material. You have my word on that. This has just been an issue that has been occurring with a lot of different products. We've put contingencies in place to try to prevent a lot of this, and we do the best we can to mediate it. However, it is getting much worse. I'm letting you guys know that. The fact that a lot of people are walking off the job because they don't want to get a shot. Other people are basically just deciding they don't want to work because it's easier to take free money than it is show up to your job. The whole host of different things is happening. And I saw an article earlier here that they're now saying the vaccine mandate threatens major trucking disruption, industry insiders say. And it goes on to detail to talk about how with supply chains disrupted – Truckers were a huge benefit last year during COVID when getting supplies and material to people. They said with the supply chain disrupted even further now and stuff getting backlogged, and that's what we're seeing now too that's becoming an issue, is that not only is stuff delayed, not only are they not opening up the ports all the way, not only do we have crane operators that are basically not coming to work and walking off the job and a shortage of trucks and a shortage of employees, stuff's getting backlogged. So what's happening is now once you get behind the curve on shipping and transit, it becomes a snowball effect. So once something gets behind, well, by the time the staff comes in or the loaders come in or the crane operators come in to finally unload that, you now have two, three, four weeks of other material that is backlogged with products. Well, those get backlogged, and they push everything else behind them back. And again, it has this effect that's starting to build on itself very very aggressively. They're now saying that do a, um, a publication from the Commercial Carrier Journal and Overdrive indicate that over 30% of truckers interviewed said they will consider seriously quitting if they're required to be injected. If they quit, the consequences are going to be catastrophic. I'm going to know that right now. The U.S. transport estimates that 70% of American freight goes by truck. 
And this is what we are going to start seeing now if this occurs. You haven't even seen supply chain delays. So that's why I've encouraged people make sure you have a couple months worth of stuff backed up, whether you need, you know, supplements, whether it's food, whether it's water, whatever you need from the store, whatever you need from us, whatever you need from, you know, supplies, security, weapons, ammo. I'm just giving you a heads up. It's going to start getting worse because the snowball effect is starting to catch hold now, and it's not just going to stop out of nowhere. Even if we got all all the positions filled back up, even if all the crane operators started working 24-hour-a-day shifts or cycled through 24-hour shifts, if everything started to go back to perfection as far as transportation – it still wouldn't go away immediately. It would take months now with the backlog with all these ships and all these containers that are sitting back there. So I just want to give everybody a heads up on that. So thank you for your patience right now with some of this big stuff, especially with these food buckets. We will get everybody their product, and we're doing the best we can, including physically going to these hubs and offloading products as fast as we can get them because they don't have drivers. They, they literally said, we, we, we do not know when we'll get you these pallets. It's sitting at the hub in Orlando. I said, bet money. I said, I will be there this afternoon. Give me clearance. And uh, so that's what we're doing. So anyways, on other side stories, though, this is something that's very interesting. I saw this article, and it really throws the narrative on its head from what the lies have tried to tell us about COVID over the last two years now. Reports from the Amish country reveal that the notorious anti-modern community achieve full herd immunity without isolating, without going to the hospital, or without taking experimental injections. Investigator report Cheryl Atkinson's interviewed the Amish from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, earlier this month and found out how they dealt with the alleged COVID pandemic and the response were stunning. Calvin Lapp explained to her that traditional Christian culture primed them to resist the government's heavy-handed and largely unscientific public health measures. He said, and I quote, there's three things the Amish don't like, and that's the government, public education, and health system. <laughs> I can't argue with them on that. Those are three things we feel like we're fighting against all the time. Well, those three things are all part of what COVID is. He goes, instead of adhering to government protocols, the Amish adopted mass infection themselves with a COVID during a religious holiday in May to achieve herd immunity. He said when they took communion, they would dump all their wine in one cup, and they took turns drinking out of the cup. So you have the whole way down the line, everybody drinks out of the cup. If one person has COVID, the rest of the church is going to get COVID. The first time they went back to church, everybody got COVID. He goes, it's the worst thing. It's a worse thing to quit working than actually dying. Working is more important than dying. But to shut down and say you can't go to church, we can't be together with our family, we can't see our old people, we've got to quit working, absolutely not. You're changing our culture completely to try to act like they wanted us to act last year, and we were never going to do that. Long after the Lancaster County Amish community did indeed achieve herd immunity, according to the Perelman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania, they did so without any masking, social distancing, hospitalizations, or taking any type of experimental injection. He goes, us? No, we're not getting the vaccine. Of course not. We all got COVID, so why would we get the vaccine? There's no evidence of any more deaths among the Amish than in places that were shut down tight, completely restricted, with full lockdowns. He goes, claiming there's actually probably a lot less deaths in our community. That's without masking, staying at home, or vaccine. So I thought I would just throw that article out there just to kind of give you guys reassurance that, yeah, and he's, he's spot on. Everything we've seen now as far as with COVID has been pretty much a complete and total lie. There's now a video that was released. This is very interesting now as we see more and more of this start to come out. 
It was a bombshell video that was actually from October 2019. Nobody's really seen this yet as far as nobody really knew about it, and now it's starting to come to light. It was a panel discussion hosted by the Milken Institute discussing the need for a universal RNA flu vaccine. Now, this was October 2019. Okay, stay with me here on this. The video clip that they played at this event was a one minute and 51 second dialogue between the moderator, Michael Spector, Anthony Fauci and Rick Bright, who's also the director of HAS Biomedical Advanced Research. So this is a long, long event. But there's one specific section, like I said, it's a little under two minutes long. That's very telling. Anthony Fauci. This is just bobblehead Fauci, the one that's basically on television all the time telling everybody what they have to do with zero authority. He explains that bringing a new untested kind of vaccine, such as an RNA vaccine, would take at least a decade going through proper trials and being approved by the FDA. However, that a universal flu vaccine everyone needs to take is needed. Rick Bright, the director of HAS Biomedical Advanced Research, then speaks and states what could happen if an entity of excitement that is completely disruptive, is not beholden to bureaucratic strings and processes, could actually change this. In short, what they say, if you listen to what they say, they tell you exactly what they're saying, that the perceived need for a universal flu vaccine, admitting the old way of producing vaccines is not efficient or, I guess, essentially cool enough anymore, even though they say it works. They need a global event where people accept a new RNA vaccine to be tested on the public. They agreed that an annual flu virus is not scary enough to create an event that would convince people to get a universal vaccine. This is how you know, this is why we know basically why the flu just disappeared in 2021. It's simply replaced by COVID-19 and a worldwide clearly planned pandemic to roll out the first universal RNA vaccine. This was always the goal. And here's the quote from what they said. Mark Hamburg stated regarding getting a universal vaccine in the market, and I quote, it's time to stop talking and it's time to act. I think it is also because we haven't had a sense of urgency. Michael Spector then replies, do we need lots of people to die for that sense of urgency to occur? Hamburg replies, there are already lots of people dying from the flu each year. It seems to me, Mike Spector replies, it seems to me that one of the curses of the public health world is if you guys do your job well, everyone goes along well and healthy, and they cut your funding. Ah, there you go. If you listen to what people say, they will tell you what their intentions are. They don't want anything to work properly and people to be healthy. Being healthy does not make the medical industrial complex money. Being healthy costs the medical industrial complex money. And one thing we've learned from the banker boys that are all locked in with their interlocking corporate directorships with these giant pharmaceutical companies, they like their money. Being healthy does not pay the bills. Keeping people sick and experimenting on them really actually pays the bills very well, as we've seen now with the Project Veritas videos where one of these scientists blatantly said, Pfizer now pretty much runs on COVID money. Quote, this is what they are doing now. And they've literally gone through and rolled out a full-blown experiment. One of our good friends, one of our you know our customers and friends that came in here the other day, he was talking to me about it. He was getting some supplements. And I said, you have to understand this concept, my friend. I said, it's difficult to understand because it's so illegal from a human rights standpoint. I said, but you have to understand this. This RNA shot that they've rolled out, 
the American populace is the experiment. This country is the Petri dish in the scientific lab. This has never been rolled out in mass testing before. This has never had long-term clinical studies. This injection they're doing is the experiment, and we're just the control group that hasn't gotten injected. This is why they're pushing so hard to get everybody injected because they want to see what's going to happen. They already know for good good reason pretty much what's going to happen with this, but they want to make sure – they can test it and see what happens to everybody, so then they can turn around and tweak it the way they need to tweak it. What's interestingly enough, I saw an article, and I sent it to uh, Ted and Michael Barrett yesterday. It was very interesting. It was from Apple News. I mean, just straight up pure propaganda in its finest example. And this, this is the title of the article from the Scientific American. COVID vaccine makers prepare for a variant worse than Delta. Okay, so what's going on here? Have we isolated a new variant? Has has COVID completely and totally mutated out in the wild now? Do we have this crazy formless? Well, what are they doing here? No, we need, they said they're referring to a possible emergence. <laughs> no such strain has yet to be identified under any circumstances, but Pfizer and other leading vaccine makers are gearing up for that scenario. So wait a minute here. So there is no strain that's mutated. There is no COVID that's reinfecting anybody. Natural, basically, immunity, herd immunity from people getting natural immunity has been very effective. Majority of people that have caught COVID have not caught it again. But Pfizer's going to start making a new shot next year because there may be another variant that gets released. Well, if you read between the lines there, my friends, they're telling you pretty clearly that they're getting ready to release some other form of mutated bioweapon. Viruses like this, as we have seen, do not continue to mutate to such an excessive form so quickly in the wild, especially during the summer. This already we know they've mutated it and they built it as a chimeric virus in Wuhan. We now know the NIH was funding it to see gain of function to figure out how to transfer it from bats to humans. This was this is not speculation, this is not fake news, this is not conspiracy theory anymore. It's very very clear evidence that's what they did over there. So if you know that they were going out of their way to batch up a virus in a different country to see how they could get it to infect humans. What possibly makes you think they wouldn't still be working on this in a very controlled setting to figure out how to make this virus mutate even further and infect more people in order to carry the scare tactics going on? Now, do I think it's going to be anything more significant than what's been going around? Probably not, because once people start getting a natural immunity to this, remember, even if it's mutated, the body's still going to have antibodies to fight it off when it recognizes it. And then if you have adequate levels of vitamin C in the blood and elevated levels of natural D3 in the body so your macrophage can stay strong along with the zinc and iodine, if you do get exposed to it again, your body's going to have pretty much the same response it had last time and try to kick it out pretty quickly. That's why, notice, again, they bring nothing up about natural health. They bring nothing up about natural immunity. They bring nothing up about nutrition and supplements, and they refuse to address ivermectin. This is because none of those things make any money for them. Those things do not make really any significant money because they're natural approaches that you can buy. 
they don't get multi-billion dollar contracts because people start taking vitamin C. They get multi-billion dollar contracts to roll out experimental RNA injections. When you have the Pfizer, one of the Pfizer heads, Gutley, who was previously the FDA commissioner and flip-flops back and forth, it's not hard to figure out why the FDA keeps approving these unbelievably toxic experimental injections that have no business being in reality. There's no business for those to even be out there right now. There's no need to have experimental RNA gene therapy rolled out. And now you have the CDC director. <laughs> this is this just takes it another step further. You want to see propaganda? Here you go again. CDC director Walensky, I absolutely loathe this woman. She's the one that got on television a month ago and basically said all pregnant women need to go out and get the injection immediately, even though there's not been a single clinical trial that's tested pregnant women with RNA gene therapy and says they all need to get it immediately because they're all at risk. I've told you guys now, I know repeated moms who contracted COVID naturally and were, had birthed extremely healthy babies now. And they fought COVID naturally and they came right out of it. Now, one thing I do know is that the shot is no doubt causing stillbirths. There's no question about it. There's been repeated studies now as far as showing out the numbers of individuals, of females, healthy females, that have been having an extremely large amount of miscarriages after the injection. And there's also been significant research and theories now from a lot of doctors that are saying that people that are basically injected with this RNA gene therapy, they can shed the spike proteins to people that basically are also healthy, and they can contract whatever this shedding is from this RNA gene therapy spike protein that's not normal. Well, now you have the CDC director taking it a step further and appearing on Fox News. She said that they're planning on providing vaccine-hesitant police and government workers, so basically law enforcement and government workers that are hesitant about getting the injection for good reason, with education counseling to make them more comfortable about taking the shot. I can't even make this up. She goes on that quote, we have seen that these mandates are getting more and more people vaccinated. So we believe it's very important to get these people vaccinated. There is a plan. Should these people not want to be vaccinated towards educating them and counseling them to get the people the information they need so they feel comfortable in getting vaccinated? Now, we've continually noted police and firefighters and EMTs all around the country have been forming resistance groups against the vaccine mandates for good reason, and I commend them for that. So now what we're saying is if you don't want to get an injection, we're now going to put you basically in re-education and counseling so we can basically work our MK Ultra mind control on you to try to coerce you and force you and bring brainwashed to being injected. And I told you guys earlier I'm going to go into detail right now about the radio and about the television and what they're using with this. Now, I can pretty much guarantee you this counseling and re-education that Walensky's talking about is more than likely going to be a series of videos that you have to read and watch. I guarantee you they already have that plugged in, and basically they're going to have significantly effective psychiatrists that are going to be using very aggressive mind control techniques in order to convince you why you need to get injected with an RNA gene therapy. Now, from the very inception of commercial television back in the 1950s, where the first phrase, you know, the boob tube was first coined to lament the dumbing down effect the device was presumably having on the populace, we have now seen stuff escalate very rapidly since then. 
there's always been the notion and the research that television pretty much makes you dumb, lazy, and passive. And by implication, it renders you susceptible to the lies and manipulations of those who created the TV programming that you're watching. As it turns out, not only are concerns about the content and presentation of TV programming well-founded, there's even much darker side to the vice than is commonly realized. There's ample research to suggest that TV is actually designed to send you into a trance-like state that lowers your cognitive defenses against the lies that TV networks and their corporate owners are attempting to push on their docile audience. To look at this, you first have to go in to the advent of commercial radio in the 1920s and the civilian altering effect it had on the world in the 1930s. It altered people's daily routines when the radio came out. For the first time, people's perception of the world providing them the opportunity to hear live, on-the-scene reports from distant locations, it provided the would-be social engineers with an entirely new vector for manipulating the masses. You can do your own research on this as far as with the radio and what it actually did back then. Largely forgotten today are FDR's fireside chat radio addresses, where a revolutionary step at the time affording a president to chance to talk directly to the American public without the newspaper reporters being involved. Naturally, the potential for this new media for controlling the populace was quickly recognized. In 1935, social scientists Hadley Cantrell and Gordon Alpert wrote the psychology, the psychology of radio in which they stated, and I quote, radio is an altogether novel medium of communication preeminent as a means of social control and its influence upon the mental horizons of men. Think about that. 1935, they're saying that. Accordingly, it wasn't long before the manipulators of organized habits and opinions of the masses, who, as Edward Bernay informed us, constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country, took note and began working on the problem of how best to use radio as a medium of social control. As it happens, Hadley Cantrell just happened to be the old Dartmouth College roommate of Nelson Rockefeller, whose Rockefeller Foundation provided $67,000 a year grant to Cantrell to provide the Princeton Radio Project, a research unit which, as Rockefeller Foundation tells us, uses the tools of social psychology to study radio. Now, you got to think about that. $67,000 back in the 30s? I mean, that's, you're talking about some big boy money back then to start throwing around just to address what essentially happens on a radio from a psychological standpoint. When Orson Welles' hyper-realistic, for the time, presentation of H.G. Wells' classic science fiction story, The, World, the War of the Worlds, was broadcast as the Halloween edition of Mercury Theater on the air on October 30, 1938, the resulting hysteria shocked the world. Essentially, if, if you guys remember this, you do the research on it. They put this out, the War of the Worlds. They read it, and people thought it was real. And as soon as people thought it was real, they thought we were having a true alien invasion, there was mass panic. I mean, huge parts of the country. Because then what happened was it snowballed. As everybody started running around, they started running down the street, do you hear what's going on on the radio? We're having an alien invasion. And all they did was simply read a fictional novel on the radio. That was it. Nothing was going on. They just read a fictional novel on the radio. Well, this became fodder for the Princeton Radio's Project First Major Study. The works that resulted, The Invasion from Mars, a study in the psychology of panic, remains a landmark in the field of media studies that is still dissected and debated among academics this very day. In his preface to the 1966 edition of the book, Cantrell stressed 
that what the subsequent research in the world of the words hysteria revealed was just how susceptible the general populace was in being whipped into a frenzy of panic and just how useful electronic media could be in this endeavor. He goes, since the publication of the invasion of Mars in 1940, I've often been asked whether or not I thought such a thing could happen again. The questioners usually imply that we are now too sophisticated to be taken in by anything so fanciful. Unfortunately, I've always had to reply that, of course, it could happen today and even on a more extensive scale. The Princeton Radio Project and the various organizations associated with its affiliated researchers, such as the Rockefeller Foundation, will continue to study this in the psychology of social control through the media. For the last 150 years, researchers have known that the brain carries electric currents. These oscillating electric currents, formerly known as neuro neural oscillations, are better known to the public as brain waves measured by EEGs. These brain waves typically have a broad spectrum content, but various brain functions are associated with increased activity in specific frequency bands. Alpha waves in the 8 to 12 frequency band are typically associated with periods of relaxed wakefulness and tend to increase when the eyes are closed. Beta waves in 13 to 30 hertz are associated with normal waking consciousness. Then you have delta waves, which are 1 to 4, which is deep REM sleep. Theta waves, which is learning memory. Gamma waves, which are large-scale brain network and cognition. And so it goes into detail here and saying the conscious state observed when alpha wave activity is prevalent is often described as hypnogenic or a type of daydreaming lying somewhere between sleep and wakefulness. When an alpha wave brain is in the state, a person's critical faculties are typically disengaged, leaving them more susceptible to information that would otherwise be rejected to their fully conscious mind. As it so happens, this state is precisely the state that is induced when one begins watching television. So when the inception of television came out, it was patented as a brain control device. A lot of people don't realize it was extensively researched in order to figure out how to use flickerate and how to use a hertz frequency in order to put a person in a hypnogenic standpoint to where they were basically very susceptible to whatever they were told. That's why the television was built, and that was the sole purpose they rolled it out. People failed to realize that. Well, later on in November 1969, a researcher named Herbert Krugman, who later became manager of the public opinion research at General Electric headquarters in Connecticut, decided to try and figure out how it affected directly the psychological aspect of a person watching TV. And they flicking on the TV, Krugman began monitoring the brainwaves of the subject, and he found through repeated trials was that within 30 seconds – the brain waves switch from predominantly beta waves, indicating an alert and conscious state, to predominantly alpha waves, indicating an unfocused, receptive lack of attention. The state of aimless fantasy and daydreaming below the threshold of consciousness. When Krugman's subject turned into reading through a magazine, the beta waves reappeared almost immediately, indicating that conscious and alert attentiveness had replaced the daydreaming state. Krugman's initial crude experiments were repeated and verified by extensive, more accurate testing. There is no doubt TV rapidly induces an alpha state consciousness to its viewers. Krugman summed up the meaning, summed up the meaning of this experimental finding by noting that the real information transmitted during a television broadcast is that which it not thought about the time of exposure, meaning the unconscious, subliminal, and emotional nature of the programming. These days, the TV has been used even more effectively and for even more nefarious agenda to weaponize your neighbors against you as adversaries in this new biosecurity state. If we ever emerge from this period of madness with our wits still intact, this might make for an interesting study for future researchers. To what extent does television viewing correlate with one's belief in the scandemic? Regardless, as the documental fact 
that the television induces certain brain states in its audience, it is equally documentable fact that the rich and powerful special interests have been researching how to use this TV-induced hypnosis to their advantage for over half a century. This is exactly what I have said for years, especially with this pandemic. When you have consistent 24-hour-a-day, over and over and over, flickering TVs that sit there and tell you, be scared, wear a mask, get your shot, don't ask questions, follow the rules. And you hear this, and you see it subliminally over and over and over again. So I've told you guys, I've studied television extensively with psychology, and I've looked at it, and even myself, I still have become susceptible to certain things that I've noticed. In most cases, I will pick up on it, and I, it will click. You know, I'll be like, oh, wow, okay, I got that, I got that, I got that. But even in some cases, I've watched stuff before, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, got to take a step back for a second. That's why movies always have a very interesting place for me because I don't really just sit there and watch a movie. I don't really you know, sit there and I sit there and analyze it to most aspect of what they're saying, what they're trying to convey, what they're trying to imply, what they're trying to get their message across, and how they're trying to control you with what they're showing or what they're trying to expose to you while they're showing. Stanley Kubrick was very, very adapt to this, and he made films that he knew had a significant amount of psychological, subtle aspects below the meaning, below the, 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 the below the floor, excuse me. And a lot of his movies, don't get me wrong, are very, very sick. Some of the parts that came out in the movies, you know, Eyes Wide Shut, it's not a movie I'd recommend. But he exposed huge amounts of the occult, of the globalist elite, and the bankers and what they were involved in behind the scenes. That's why there was, I think, 10 or 15 minutes of that film that were cut. One of the parts that was reported was that it showed basically the sacrifice of the female that they had in that movie. And they basically went and dumped her body later on. They found her body. This is what they do, and he exposed it. That's why he died before the film ever was released, and the cut version was the only one that came out. The director's cut was never going to – basically, they were never going to allow it to be released. They made sure they killed him because he was very acute to doing stuff like that and putting films out. This is why so many people, when they start researching it, they realize what's really happening. They show you what they're working on. They show you what their agenda is. You have to be acute enough to pick up on it and understand it. That's why ever since the beginning of last year, I started talking about what we started to see over the spring of last year. I told you guys the symbolism with the sixes everywhere for the occult, the symbolism with telling everybody to muzzle and wear a mask, the symbolism in the occult with the mask on a regular basis. That's another thing they depict in the film with Eyes Wide Shut is that everybody, when they go to these orgy parties, they all wear masks. They always do this as a sign of submission and also basically a sign of compliance. This is the stuff that goes on. And I know some weird stuff to talk about, but I wanted to get it out there today because I was reading it. And I've had numerous people ask me about this. You know, what? what is going on with this stuff? And I said, this is why so many people have been fully sucked into the Covidian cult. It's because they've literally watched this stuff and they've watched it into a stupor to where they truly believe this is happening right now. They truly believe the only thing you can do is go get an experimental RNA injection. They truly believe that their own immune systems that God blessed us with are not okay enough, that are not good enough, that are not strong enough, made in the image of God, are not susceptible or basically are not strong enough and they're too susceptible to the virus. This is why I've intentionally encouraged people the best I can to get out there and spread the truth as much as you can because as this continues to escalate, as I just showed you guys earlier on the article previous before this, 
with the scientific journal, how Pfizer and the vaccine companies are ramping up for the next variant. This is never going to stop until people stop complying. They're going to continue to roll out variants, continue to roll out variants. Look at Israel. There's a reason why the COVID card has multiple booster shot slots. This is why the French COVID passport has seven slots on it. This is why Canada came out and said they've contracted Pfizer injections all the way up into 65 million doses into 2024. This is the new flu. As Fauci just said in that article I talked to you about in that forum that was in 2019, in that video, they blatantly said the flu does not scare people enough, and it should scare people enough. No, it shouldn't. God has not given us a spirit of fear, so why are we supposed to be scared of something? There's nothing you can physically do about it as far as, you know, it's not floating around like a mosquito. You can't go swat it. It's a virus. You can't see it. So you use wisdom. You do what you always do. You take proper sanitary guidelines. You take proper care of your body. You eat clean food. You give your body the nutrients and supplements it needs to booster its immune system, and you live your life. Remember, fear raises cortisol. A little bit of fear in a situation can be effective. It can save your life in some cases. A lot of fear paralyzes you, and a lot of fear does not help you at all. It completely and totally puts you into a state of panic, and it allows you not to make rational decisions any further. That's why it's so important that I always tell people, you've got to train, especially when it comes to weapons platforms. You cannot sit there and go buy a firearm one day, stuff it in your safe, carry it in your pants once a week, and pretend that if something happens and you have to use it, that you're all of a sudden going to be John Wick running around with direct engagements with everybody. It doesn't happen that way. You have to ingrain it in your body so it's a natural response as far as drawing, reloading, aiming. You shouldn't even have to think about aiming. You don't even aim. You automatically go right to that point. You know exactly where it's at. You don't have to sit there and think about it. This is so important with everything right now because as we're seeing more and more stuff roll out now, they are doing everything they can. The injection This COVID lie is nothing more than a complete and total front in order to gain compliance, but also as a distraction. At the very same time right now that we see all this news media going on, news reports last week from Charles Cutterson and multiple other individuals in the Border Patrol have now stated in this year alone, they have had more illegal arrests of illegal immigrants than any other year in the United States keeping record all the way to 1925. Border Patrol agents apprehended a total of 1.6 million illegal immigrants along the southern border in fiscal 2021, breaking all records since the agency was formed in 1925. An additional 294,000 were stopped after trying to enter at a port of entry without legal papers, bringing the total to almost 2 million. The CBC doesn't have official release numbers of the got-away illegal aliens who were detected by Border Patrol and evade capture. However, at a meeting with CBD Commissioner, CBP Commissioner, excuse me, Mark Morgan, at a Congressional Republican Roundtable on October 20th, said the got-away numbers is at least 400,000 illegal aliens just in fiscal 2021. We're watching a planned invasion, and blessed believe this, these are not just individuals that are basically fleeing poverty or fleeing areas. This is a controlled 
funded, very well organized invasion. Just like I told you about weeks ago when they talked about how 60,000 Haitians were walking up from Chile and Argentina. <laughs> they were just walking up to the southern border. Let's let's ignore the fact that's a 2,700-mile trek through South America. Let's ignore the fact that that many people have to eat about 100,000 pounds of food a day in order to continue to function. Let's ignore the fact that when you walk even 10 to 15 miles a day, which you're not going to do through the Amazon, you're going to be taking about six to seven months to make that hike. Let's ignore the fact that you're going to be burning through a pair of shoes or boots about every five to seven days, depending on the miles that you walk. Let's ignore the fact that 60,000 people are no way near going to be able to carry that much food, medical aid, boots, and supplies to be able to take that long of a journey unless they're literally going through city and ravaging and pillaging like some type of militia in Africa shooting everybody, and I haven't seen any videos of that. So let's understand the fact that you have to look at reality and what's physically possible and what's actually they're telling you on television and realize this is a planned invasion. This is what happened in Rome. This is what happened with the Hessians invading, with the barbarians. Rome fell from within because they stopped raising little Romans and they basically lost their Roman culture. This is exactly what's happening right now. It has nothing to do with being racist or whatever the nonsense in the media says in the news. I'm all about people moving here legally. I'm all about people coming here for the American dream. The country was built on legal immigration. What this country was not built on is people coming here to basically sponge off the government. And when you turn around, you have people that come here and they can go on pretty much free everything and get free everything. I know when I say free everything, I mean free everything now. I've personally seen it. They did the same thing here. This is the issue we're running into in Orlando now, in Central Florida, right here in our back door. I'm 35 minutes from Orlando. Orlando has now become ranked the number one fastest growing city when it comes to the housing market in the entire country right now. Orlando, right here in Orlando, which is already massively overpopulated and the roadway schools and hospitals are not anywhere near built to handle this level of growth that's occurring right now. Well, what you start looking at is that almost every single time something occurs and they relocate people from Cuba, Haiti, uh, basically Puerto Rico, they always pick Jacksonville, Orlando, and Miami. Orlando has been the central hub. After the giant hurricane that hit Puerto Rico, they relocated 300,000 Puerto Ricans to Orlando. Now, there's nothing wrong with that at all. They're U.S. territory. The problem that I found is what bothered me is when they relocated them here, they gave them two full years of free housing subsidies, free WIC and SNAP food subsidies, and also phone and insurance subsidies. So they basically handed them two years of free everything well the problem is when you do that to somebody and they they get used to not working they like not working that's one of the reasons why orlando now has been the absolute worst hub in florida for transportation of goods hence why i have to go there today to go to fedex to go pick up pallets of food buckets because nobody will drive them to me even though i paid for shipping on it this is the level of incompetence we're seeing, and it has nothing to do with the COVID virus. That's what just boggles my mind that people are still buying this. I am literally in the trenches with this stuff every single day with shipping and transport and logistics. Every day I deal with this for a living. It is not that people are basically all dying from COVID. It's because nobody wants to work on top of nobody wanting to get an injection for the most part now. When you, people get used to getting handed free stuff, 
they get pretty comfortable with that. And pretty soon they start saying, well, where's my extra money? Where's my other money? This is why we're seeing what's happening with the massive inflation. It has nothing to do with COVID again. The entire aspect that we're seeing with inflation was intentionally brought upon by the policies that were also under the Trump administration with the Federal Reserve and the absolute out-of-control spending. You cannot start dumping billions of dollars into the stock market and the private sector and expect this not to happen. We called it last year. And you start looking at the inflationary rates and even Senator Bill Haggerty, he was on TV the other day. He said the inflationary circumstances facing the country are not transitory at all. He goes, this lie that the Biden administration, the Federal Reserve, keeps saying that's transitory is not accurate at all. He said, I think we absolutely will be will because the government will inject trillions of dollars more into the, into the economy. It's not going to stop. The effect was pretty immediate. When the $1.9 trillion package came through in March, what we have seen is month after month an increase in inflation here in America. It is the most – it's the biggest tax of all. They try to argue it's transitory. It is not transitory. There are many aspects of that that may have to do with supply chain dislocations. But over the long haul, when they have killed our independence on energy, when they have raised our energy costs as dramatically as they have, every American feels this when they go to the pump. Every good that we buy has to be transported across the country. Try buying a house in Tennessee, up over 20%. This inflation is not transitory. Now, what a lot of people don't realize either is that now Bank of America on Friday just raised its forecast for inflation and moved up the date it expects the Federal Reserve to hike interest rates. Ironically enough, the markets weren't even really that hit by this. They still got money coming in everywhere. They said in their weekly update on the U.S. economy, the Bank of America wrote supply-side challenges in the U.S. have largely continued, will largely continue through 2022 and sticky inflation is strengthening. They have now forecasting the core consumer price index to go up 3.2% next year from their earlier forecast of only 2.5. Core CPI excludes food and energy prices, <laughs> which means that's going to raise it even higher. It's pushing closer to a 5% index, which that's on the low side in my opinion. What we're seeing now is the beginning phases of the full devaluation of the dollar. Even though it's been occurring for years and years and years, we're watching it happen at almost a hyperspeed. That's why people don't understand a lot of times. The cost of products aren't actually going up, so to speak. It's the value of the dollar is going down. The buying power of the dollar is going down, which correlates into the product price going up when you actually look at the real baseline cause of it. And that's what we're starting to see right now. The value of the dollar is decreasing so rapidly that the product cost, the product prices at the store are going up, so to speak, if that makes sense. This is why fuel is going up so high. This is why Biden intentionally shut down the Keystone Pipeline as soon as he got elected in, illegally and unjustly in a stolen election. They knew they had to slow down everything. They knew they had to cut the energy sector out. This is why – has anybody wondered why Tesla isn't having a hard time getting chips? They don't have a chip shortage. Has anybody wondered why DARPA and the Department of Defense isn't having a hard time getting chips for basically surfaced air missiles, for tomahawks, for vehicles? They're not having a hard time at all. Anybody else notice that? The convention in D.C. two weeks ago, they're rolling out robo-dogs with 6.5-millimeter Creedmoor machine guns on them. They're not running into chip shortages at all. The issue that they're doing with all the vehicles right now is this is the final phase of the internal combustion engine. I'm letting everybody know that. I'm in the vehicle market all the time. This is the end of an era right now. 
This is why I've intentionally tried to basically encourage people, stay with gas-powered vehicles as long as you can. This phase-out is going to be absolutely horrific. I'm telling you that right now. When they try to phase this out, it is going to be a cluster bomb. But again, the aspect of what they're wanting to do with electric vehicles is going to take it to a whole nother story. It's going to take it to a whole nother level. They're going to bring this under so much control and so much invasion of our privacy that there's not going to be any type of freedom anymore once they do this. This is why they rolled out in that last infrastructure bill. They want to come in and basically say, okay, we're going to put cameras inside your car so we can monitor you while you're driving to make sure you're you're not inebriated. You know, it's for your protection. We'll make sure you're not driving inebriated. So we're going to monitor and watch all you do in your vehicle all the time. They don't care about drunk driving. They, they care about that at all? That's the last thing they can care about. They want to be able to monitor, watch, record, and listen to everything you do. Because still right now, you have a fairly older vehicle that doesn't have OnStar and garbage like that in it. You leave your phone at home. You go fill up your truck. You go throw a bunch of fuel cans in the back. You jump in your truck. Dude, you pretty much go cross-country, freely unmolested on your way. Don't have to worry about it. Just, just go on your way. Don't be bothered. We, we function before without cell phones. Pull out some hard maps. Got those as well in my bag. I encourage people, by the way, to buy those. You can still get them from AAA and a few other places. And it's very, very important that you have some backup maps. I know a lot of people say, well, I know my way around my town. What if you're not in your town? What if you're the next city over? What if you're in the northern part of your state? What happens if you don't want to be on GPS and you don't want to have your phone with you and you want to be low-key? How are you planning on moving around? Maps. Maps are fantastic. I always strongly recommend everybody have hard maps in their bag that they carry in their truck as a backup all of the time. Basically have a city map, have a regional area map, a central map, have a state map, and have a U.S. map. Because what they're going to start doing now with the control and the monitoring is going to be unprecedented, as we've already seen it. That's why I continue to encourage people, resist and stand up to this injection. This injection is not about a vaccine or a shot. Well, it's not a vaccine at all. Everybody knows that. It's not about a shot. It's not about that at all. <laughs> That's the side section, the back note of it, the footnotes. That's the, the part that makes people sick, the experiment, that whole part of it. This entire shot is based on control and manipulation and submission and to see how far they can push the American population into giving up their bodily rights. The fact that you do not have a right over your body anymore. You have to be injected and physically penetrated with a needle in order to function in society. Once you give up that right and you relinquish that right in order to function in society, and you do it under duress, and you do not want to do it, but you do it anyway, they de facto own you at that point. There is no more freedom. There is no more anything at that point. It's, it's done. It's over with. And now we're starting to see even more and more that the FBI is now starting to go deeper and deeper. Now we're seeing, like I said, with the attorney general, they're talking about doing full-blown investigations into people that are going to school board meetings. Talked about this in detail. And it's interesting enough, I saw a, um, a representative, Victoria Sparks, out of Indiana. She was actually Soviet-Russian-born lawmaker. She grilled attorney Merrick Garland. During a congressional hearing of the Justice Department's anti-parent agenda, this has gotten so far. If, if this doesn't show you the level of tyranny that's developing and the level of restrictions 
and the reason why I've told a lot of people, it's start time. It's time to start pushing back on the school board. If you can't handle that, get your kids out of the school system. They are nothing more than communist indoctrination camps. Now, this lady was born in Soviet Russia as a child and basically came over here legally. In Darlin's testimony before House Committee on Thursday, Sparks told the AG that the FBI is resembling the old KGB. Said Mr. Attorney General, as someone who was born in the Soviet Union, I am disturbed, very disturbed, by the use of the Department of Justice as a political tool. And it says power is the police state to suppress lawful public discourse. The FBI is starting to resemble the old KGB with secret warrantless surveillance, wiretapping, and intimidation of citizens. The school board is the latest example of this now. It's interesting that during the Soviet era, the United States criticized the use of domestic terrorism concept in the USSR as a tool to suppress free speech and political dissent. In your recent statement opposing the Texas anti-abortion law, you said it's the foremost responsibility of the Department of Justice to defend the Constitution when it comes to providing abortions. Do you plan to defend the Second Amendment rights, which are explicitly protected by our Constitution, as vigorously as you do abortion rights? Yes or no? He wouldn't answer the question. She went on to further basically grill about it. And she goes, I do not believe basically that this is okay under any circumstances. And she asked, she, he, he, then he rejected the assertion saying that the memo imposed no restrictions on parents who are free to raise questions and disagree. He goes, I do not believe parents should be classified as domestic terrorists. But he claimed that the FBI and federal prosecutors were concerned only about violence and threats of violence directed at school board personnel. I have asked this question repeatedly now, and I have searched. I've actually searched all over online. I've even used Google, which I don't like Google. I've looked everywhere. I cannot find any cases where parents are making direct, violent threats towards school board members. Now, I have heard very, very curt threats stating that they're going to pull their kids out or they're going to file lawsuits or they're not going to allow their children to be taught critical race theory and transgender ideology. I've heard that many a times. But I've never heard anybody about violent and violent threats of action towards school board members by people. And I've watched a lot of the videos with the school boards. I haven't seen any of that. So this unqualified, completely unsubstantiated rhetoric about, hey, guess what? Uh, yeah, there's, there's all these violent threats to school board members. No, they're not. There's parents that are unbelievably irritated about what's happening. There's parents that are mad of what their children are being exposed to. There's parents that are no longer okay with having their kids told, that it's okay to go be a, a boy or a girl or a walrus or a broom, that there's no such thing as gender, that they can be whatever they want to be and pick whatever they want and change whatever name they want, and that you know, drag queen story hour is the next latest greatest thing that we need to be having in our public schools. What? There, no, nothing about that is okay. The entire premise of the transgender movement that is being projected on young children is nothing less than a direct push for pedophilia to be exposed as a good thing and to basically be normalized. That is it. I've said this before. If a grown consenting adult, grown man wants to go be a cross-dresser and he's dealing with stuff in his life, whatever it is, and he wants to go wear a dress, that's completely fine. I don't care. That's not – I mean that's just – that's on him. That's completely his right if he wants to go do that. But now it is absolutely nowhere, any place, a right – to teach that ideology as normal behavior to children. It's not normal behavior. It's a mental condition. It's very clear in the DSM-4 manual. They go into detail on gender dysphoria and gender identity disorder. It's a mental condition. 
and a lot of those people need help, and a lot of them are really sad. You look at a lot of the interviews and people that dealt with that. I watched an interview a long time ago with a guy that basically said he was transgender, and he wanted to be a girl, and he basically had his appendage chopped off. And then later on, he said it was one of the it was the worst mistake he had ever made in his life, and he regrets doing it. He regrets allowing that to happen, and he regrets the fact that his grandma encouraged him to wear little girl dresses. We talked about it in detail. It was an absolutely horrible decision. So when you see this stuff and you start realizing what the real agenda is, it is our duty. It is our requirement to speak the truth and tell people what's really going on. Is it going to hack a lot of people off? Oh, yeah. This topic burns a lot of people for absolutely no reason whatsoever. It's ironic that we're supposed to be tolerant and we're supposed to be free. And we're, remember all the stuff they say in that community, free and tolerant and basically be able to express yourself freely, right? That's what they say all the time. But then I express myself freely and say I don't agree with grown men wearing dresses in full drag talking to children about how they need to express themselves in drag. I don't agree with that. Oh, you're a, a transphobia bigot. That's what I've heard lately. That's the last one. Transphobic bigot. I'm like – all right. Maybe that, if we're just making up terms now, I said that if that's what you want to describe it as, I said it's not an accurate depiction of all of my personality or my beliefs. I said, but I'm gonna, fine, you can say that. You're more welcome to say that, and I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and that's where we're going to be with this. But this concept of we're going to suppress free speech, we're going to suppress people being able to talk and express themselves, but the other side can do whatever they want, whenever they want, say whatever they want, however they want, and it's totally okay. I'm not okay with that at all. Under any circumstances am I okay with that, and I will never be okay with that. And I encourage other people to really check the reality of what's happening right now and really look at it and say, okay, is this okay? Am I okay with this? Am I going to speak out about it? Am I going to be vocal? I encourage you to do the same and speak your mind if you have a conviction or belief that you know is to be true. The same thing with the topic of the injection I've told people. If you want to go get an injection, that's completely your choice. Make sure you know the research behind it and the very, very high risk you're getting if you want to go get this shot. And likewise, if you don't want to get it, you have that right as well. Don't let anybody tell you you don't have a right to say no to something. That is the very definition of tyranny. You do not have a right to say no. Oh, yeah, you do. Look what's going on with all these religious exemptions now. They're they're putting a huge cog in the wrench. Now we saw that, uh, what was it, I think Delta Airlines came out now last week. They said, dude, we're not going to have a vaccine mandate at all. Like 90% of everybody's vaccinated. We're okay with that. We're perfectly fine. We're not going to force our, our pilots to get injected if they have a religious exemption or a medical exemption. So that now, this is what everybody has to start pushing and standing up the best they can. So thank you again, my friends for the continued support of Health Masters and just getting this truth and freedom out here. I couldn't do it without you guys. And I also appreciate the support you guys have and the patience you guys have with everything we're dealing with right now as far as with delays. This is not something normal. This is not something that's going to go away, though, either. This is something I'm trying to adapt to and I'm trying to overcome and I'm trying to do the best I can to give you guys the absolute best service that you guys are always used to getting from us all the time. And so I encourage you, if you guys need anything, feel free to give us a call at Health Masters. But I do encourage you, if there's something you use on a regular basis, like, say, cinnamon extract to maintain your blood sugar, I'd rotate a couple months out on that and keep a couple bottles on deck. Or if it's something you really need, like the thyroid support, you know, where you're using it for a thyroid supplementation to maintain healthy thyroid, keep a couple months on it. There's a lot of stuff that we're seeing now with raw materials and we're ordering batches of stuff and they're calling us up and saying, dude, we only got a partial batch in. All we can do is batch you out this much right now. And I'm like, okay, I'll take all of it. 
And just like I did last year when all that stuff started happening, 10-9, when we got on the phone and started saying, dude, all right, stockpile vitamin C, stockpile D3. we got to keep everybody healthy because a strong, healthy populace can resist anything with God Almighty behind us. That is a fact. Now, a very weak, very sick, very docile, very confused populace, well, my opinion, that's not anything that God promoted nor God supports. God requires us to be strong to be vigilant, to stand up for our beliefs and our rights and our convictions, very much so, all the way to the death. So again, I encourage you, if you know something's to be true, if you have a conviction about something, hold it strong and don't let it off at all. Be sure to check out the website, the product of the week, the eyesight formula, our top-tier ocular formula, very, very good. Help out with the retina, with the lenses, supports healthy eye structure and function. On sale right now is product of the week for over 10% off. Be sure to check it out. Thank you again for getting this news out there. Thank you again for continuing to speak freedom and stand up for our rights, whether it's it's school boards, whether it's at county commissioner meetings, whether it's just at your church. Get involved, and no matter what, always make sure that people say, if they talk about you, hey, you know what? Love him or hate him. You may not like what he says, but the man's convicted, and he holds to his guns on it. That's what you got to be remembered for. Man, you're not going to like it. No, not everybody's going to like you. I promise you that. Not a lot of people hated Jesus. There you go. Stand up. I appreciate the support, my friends. Have a fantastic evening. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. I'm going to go handle these this debacle with FedEx. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.